three. Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 153. I have a very, very special guest. He is a comedian, co-host of the No Father, No Problem, the hardest rookie man in the UPS game, my boy, Frank Blanco, man. What's up, brother? How's it going, Mega Man? That's a cool announcement. Uh, you also forgot to throw in there Little League Dan. <laughs> hey, oh, sorry. Little, D- Little League Dan. I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want the wife to get mad at like, hey, what's up? He just butchered me on that one, man, but it's all right, bro. <laughs> it's all good. I know, I know, I know. Hey, but Frank, but Frank I just want to say first things first. I know pray, I'm going to send out my prayers today because uh, you're going to have surgery tomorrow. Oh uh, yes, I am. Uh, around one p.m., bro, I'm gonna have a gastric bypass surgery. Yeah, I was so. Uh, when we're done with this podcast, I'll, I'll send some prayers out because I hope everything goes well with you. Appreciate that, bro. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, how's everything been going? Uh, everything's been going pretty good, you know, as far as work's busy. Yeah, been getting yeah. to spend a lot more time with the family, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Even though the the downside to that. Trying to homeschool my my kids really tells me how much I forgot from high school and JC, you know. <laughs> oh, man. you're not even telling me, man. I'm, I, my <laughs> kids are doing online, and like you say, you have a hard time helping your kids with fractions. I'm having a hard time with um, teaching my son, my my youngest son, calculus. I don't even know. <laughs> At least calculus, not too many people know that, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, hey, Dad, can you help me? Uh, no speak English. <laughs> <laughs> no English. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, everything, man, how, well, I mean, what are we, what are we, uh, where do we begin? Because, man, do you like everything was just popping off from this protest. Uh, I just found out there was a killing in Mexico with Giovanni Lopez. Uh, the police killed him because he wasn't wearing a mask. Really? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No. Is Giovanni Lopez, is he a soccer guy? I don't know. I think it was a kid or something. But, yeah, if you look it up, I just noticed it right now. Uh, yeah, they killed him, because he wasn't wearing a mask. And uh, I think they showed the videos and all that. So it's, it's going on viral. Oh, That's that... why you've been seeing a lot of protests in Mexico now. Well, that and uh, the, the COVID-19 is really starting to take off in Mexico, man. Um, their deaths are multiplying. Oh, you know, my- uh, you know, here in the states, man, uh, we're over a hundred thousand deaths. And uh, well, another thing I want to point out is uh, a lot of these um, protests and looting—it it was just bound to happen because uh, everybody's so so tense, stressed out over the COVID, the the layoffs, the furloughs, being locked up in a, in their houses, yeah, and, and and not knowing about the future, man. So we just needed a spark. For all of this to go crazy, I mean, I was expecting like a national catastrophe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always pray nothing like that ever happens. Yeah. Again, again right? But um, or or like a, na- a national disaster, you know, like I say, like an earthquake, a big flood. You know, I think it's hurricane season in the south somewhere with it. But you know, yeah. So, so it was just like a you know like a like a powder uh, like a keg of powder just needed a spark, man. You know. Yeah, man. Everything's been going crazy, man. Um. When um, I was supposed to do a protest uh, to and last Sunday, that's where everything happened in Long Beach. Yes. And for some reason, I was like, I don't know if I want to. Then at the time, um, I don't know if you know, like me and my uh, ex, we got back together again. So a lot of this happened right after because um, 
when the the protests started hap- uh, happening, a lot of outsiders who came from Long Beach and everything instigated the the police, and it made it worse. And that's when they started uh, looting uh, downtown and everything and all that. And um, I I didn't think nothing of it because um, I was asleep because I had to go to work the uh, the next day at twelve o'clock. You know, well tonight twelve, you know, Sunday at twelve a.m. Yes. All of a sudden, um, I get a call uh, from uh, my ex, uh, well, my lady Cynthia, to crying because you know saying that they looted her store. Uh, you know, she was scared. They were they're just ransacking everything. Uh, my kids got scared because when we woke up, uh, I heard nothing. It wasn't fireworks. These were gunshots, and everything was going on looting. And uh, I, my kids got scared. I was scared. I was panicking. Like you know, like. With her, she was more like, what am I going to do? Like, if they loot our store and this, I have no job, this. It was just, it just caused a, a lot of friction. I was, like, stressed out. And my work costs, they don't even come in because they don't want me to come in working overnight, knowing the fact there's two people. And what happens if they loot the store and they, and they beat me up or kill me? I don't know. That's true, man. Uh, this, uh, the, all these looting, man, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up, man, because uh, they're ruining a lot of the small businesses, you know? Yeah, I think it's a lot of that stuff is from um, from uh, Antifa. Uh, maybe, but uh, there's just so many so many aspects that we don't know. But I'm glad now that everybody has camera phones. Yes, th- that we're. I don't know if you remember that I told you once that at the '92 riots, yes. there was it was all races involved. But yeah. when you look at the news, they would only show two races. You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I feel like. We had it okay this time, but the riots in the 92, that was chaos everywhere. Uh, at least in, uh, well, I grew up, at that time I was living in Boyle Heights. Yes. And uh, most of the chaos that I saw was like towards downtown and South Central LA. How was that like back in the day? Because I remember when I was like 11 or 12 years old, I don't know if you heard the podcast where yes. I was... Uh, my my dad's best friend. Uh, we went to go watch the Lakers and Portland Trailblazers play at Inglewood, and I, that's when I saw like, hey, how come the benches are down or anything? I didn't know what was going on because uh, something saying like uh, the verdict where all uh, the police officers were innocent, and that's when all hell broke loose. I remember that man. Uh, that was my senior year of high school, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I remember the the principal talking on the on the PA, telling uh-huh. everybody to stay home. You know. Yeah. So so I stayed home, especially because I I had two younger siblings. Yeah. And then, uh, but uh, it didn't really hit me the how bad it was until I started seeing Humvees roaming up and down the streets. You know, the oh, military vehicles. Yes. That's when you kind of had an idea like how bad it really got over there, man. So so I just think um it was worse, but it was concentrated to the downtown South Central area, and right mm-hmm. now it's nationwide. <laughs> Yeah, it's just everywhere. And um, I saw a video of uh, uh, George uh, Floyd. Uh, his daughter was on because he is, I think uh, his best friend was Steven Jackson, who played in, in, in the NBA. And uh, I think Steven Jackson was carrying his daughter and she was saying in the video, I started getting, I started crying, said, my daddy changed the world, you know, like everything. And that got me into tears because if you look at the United States, man, it it was all it was all over. And back then, you know, Frank, there was no internet. So with all this going viral, it just spread like wildfire. Now it's spreading over the world, like in France and England and stuff like that, you know? Yes. And uh the whole world is facing a lot of the same things right now. 
Everybody's in lockdown. There's death everywhere. Uh, layouts, furloughs, people are hungry, you know, worried about tomorrow, about rent. You know, I mean, the whole world is going through the same thing. So, again, everything is like a perfect situation, you know, for, for chaos to happen, you know, the perfect storm, if you will. Yeah, what's next? Aliens? <laughs> I mean, they, they finally admitted. I just think they needed a, a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm gonna see aliens. Like, hey, what's next? Well, because I saw these memes. Like, hey, what's next? Aliens. Like, hey, you guys are up next. Oh man, I, I just I don't want to know what's next. <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, me. Let's let's go for peace next, man. <laughs> that's all I want, man. Because I know, like, when the riots before, like this, man, I was so happy because, like, you know, there's little by little they're gonna open up restaurants and breweries and you know stuff here and there, and people just have to fuck it up again. That's true. For me, hey, hey, bro, for me, I'm happy that the golf courses are open. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope they didn't, well, they hope they didn't ride over there on the, on the golf course. <laughs> They're going to take the nice grass. <laughs> <laughs> have, you been, have you been golfing lately? I have. I've been, I have been golfing every Monday, but the golf courses over here are open without golf carts because they don't want people getting close to each other. So oh. you have to walk, bro, and it's not as easy as it looks. You know, carrying your own golf bag. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I was kind of thinking about you guys. So I was thinking about, okay, Frank's going to go golfing and Chinook's going to be by himself at the bar. <laughs> that's his, uh, that's his, uh, what do you call it? His, his comfort zone, you know? I used to be like that back in the day when I was, uh, when I was my, when I was very first time. I used to go to the bars by myself and people were like, why are you going to the bar? Like, I just want my alone time. I just leave me alone. I just want to be me, you know? <laughs> yes. And for me, uh, it's either anything with sports or social events, you know? Yeah. And what do you think about the – I think the NBA is going to come back. So now I think it's going to be 22 teams. 22 teams out of 31. That's okay. I mean, do they start the playoffs or is it going to be regular season? They're going to play, I think, a, a week. Because uh, for right now, I think there's two, uh, a few teams out. So those teams are going to try to make it into the playoffs, like play their way in. Yes, and then we'll go right into the playoffs, man. And it's Lakers and Clippers, baby, all the way. You know what? Everyone's been saying that. Said, you know what? Clippers and the Lakers are going to take the whole thing. Yes, man. Uh, so I, I hope that's the case. The only way they're going to lose is if another another team like a contender they have been practicing like um, uh, like uh, how somebody would say on the down low. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm just, I know, man. This, I mean, Lakers have. If they Lakers, I mean, I know you're a Clippers. I know you want the Clippers to win, but hey, I would not be surprised if the Clippers win the championship. That would be a big shot. Oh man, that would be like the sweetest thing ever. Even though, like, uh, the LeBron story, you know, along with Kobe's death, would be a greater story, like because of the Lakers are such a brand, you know. Uh-huh. But the Clippers, man, the like the biggest, one of the biggest underdogs in the NBA, like history you know <laughs> yeah i mean i mean they're coming up they're gonna get a new stadium you know just everything they're, i mean they're coming together and everything and i was like i was thinking i was looking at some uh social media and they say like i think like the best uh person of the of the century was or not a century i want to say the decade was uh the the commissioner for the nba he changed everything right after uh david stern passed away he took over and he just changed everything he it it was I liked it. I really like. I like that. He's really player friendly, man, and uh, he's like a like a modern day old guy, <laughs> if you will, you know. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and also he wanted to pay tribute to uh, 
Kobe Bryant, the funeral, like a lot of things. So he's doing, uh, he's being a really good ambassador to the NBA. He's taking it to the next level. I, I enjoy the way he gets along with the NBA players. And uh, he's not a, he's not like a, like a typical owner, you know, though a lot of times the owners, whenever there's a crisis that like they tacked on to their players, you know, like it, it doesn't really show the, the unity, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's yeah, that's something. And and uh, is is baseball still gonna come up still, and football still? I don't know yet. Well, football, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna start late, but they 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 their season's on. Baseball, okay. bro. Baseball, the players just uh, voted down uh, the the latest proposal. Uh-huh. So I think baseball, above all, is American sport. Maybe mm-hmm. because most Americans could play baseball, you know. Maybe you and I could probably go pro today. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and I'm just talking trash about the athletes they have, but uh, but uh, <laughs> at least in comparison to the other professional sports. But uh, I, I think baseball should have a lockout season. Yeah, I remember when the when the Major League Baseball had a lockout season way back. I was a big Giants fan. I remember. Uh, the I don't know if you know the baseball player back in the day, Matt Williams. Is that ring a bell? Yes. He was hitting home runs, and it wasn't. Be, it was before uh, the All Star break. He, I think he was at fifty two or fifty three home runs. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh man! I think it was like no, I want to say forty nine or fifty, but he was right there. Maybe if he would have just beat that home run with Roger Maris, he would have been the first one to beat the record of Roger Maris, and, be, and then. The, the 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 lockout came and everything and it was like oh dang that sucks you know what the, my best memory from the lockout is uh, shortly after that the when the Angels won the World Series by beating the Giants <laughs> yeah the uh, the Angels had a, a pitcher Donnelly he had glasses like goggles yes yes he yes. was one of the setup guys in the bullpen and he was a, a lockout player. Oh, I remember you said that in a recent episode. I didn't know that. Yes, and uh, so the the crazy thing about the the MLB uh, union, they're really strong. So when yeah. so when the Angels won the World Series, the the ML, the the union did not allow the Angels to put Donnelly's picture on any of the championship uh, photos. You know, that's weird. Exactly because he he crossed the line, the picket line. You know, but did he get a ring? No, no, he got a ring and everything. So the you know what the Angels did because the stand up guys, of course. They 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 print out their own uh, their own posters, their own pictures, their own T-shirts, o- only uh-huh. for LA to celebrate to include that guy in, you know. That, that's oh well, yeah, that's nice of them. I didn't yeah, that's, I didn't know about that. Yeah, you you know, unions are unions. I mean, you know, like they're ninety five percent positive, and there's always a little five percent that you kind of roll your eyes at it sometimes, you know. When I think of that, when I think of like unions and strikes and players, like you know, like oh, he walked or he he crossed over. I think about that movie, The Replacement. With <laughs> That's a really good movie too, man. <laughs> I know. I was gonna watch it on a uh, Roku. Like, this is a good movie. That's a classic football movie. It's it's a little cheesy at times, but it's a perfect movie because in every high school player or like a, a street like basketball player, they all think. If I had a shot, I could make it. <laughs> oh, hey, you never know. Everybody thinks that, but I mean, that's that's a competitive side, you know. <laughs> no matter <laughs> no matter what your body type is, everybody always thinks if I if I had a shot, I would make it. <laughs> At first, I was petrified. <laughs> <laughs> so so that I think that's the best part about that movie that it, it gives uh, the weekend Joes like myself 
that little gl- gl- glimmer of hope that, man, if I had a shot, man, I could probably play. <laughs> yeah, like that one where he got a shot where he made a touchdown and he broke his leg. And he's like, I just want to go in the end zone. Just one time. Just like, just one time. Just one time, bro. <laughs> I know. So how, they, how, how is everything going with the No Father, No Problem podcast? Uh, the podcast is, is doing well, even though we always try to take a, a lighter side on, on most issues, you know, surrounding us. Yes. And yes. right now, man, we the the country as a whole, we've been on like a two month slope. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's kind of very difficult to find the lighter side, or even though there is some lighter side, it'd be very crude because how do you find the joke to death? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I've been hearing your episode. I've been hearing. Uh. I I just barely got caught up with all, all the podcasts with you. Uh, Buddha Kotura, Chicano Shuffle, Ask the Fellas, and everything. The last episode with uh, Ask the Fellas, the Barlow's got very, very serious. Like, who's this guy? No, and uh, I, I could see, I could see where he's coming from because uh, I grew up in the in the inner city, and I played yes. sports all over LA, from football mm-hmm. to basketball. I even played tennis in high school football, which is kind of I always get shit about it from Chinook, you know. <laughs> I don't whatever. Hey, you they tennis, man. It's, it's all good, uh, man. You be the next Michael Conner. I'm not one to gloat, but uh, I'll leak first team, bro. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 Chinook, come on. You got, you got, you got, you got, you got a little print. Give him a little leeway. He's, he's all, all city, man. All but, uh, so, you know, the, the Asafellas guys, they're, they, they've been talking about how without, without unity, reform is never going to get passed, you know? We need all, mm-hmm. all hands on board, bro, because, uh, Another thing is, uh, at least he pointed out, at least in one of his posts, that uh, you know the 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 Dr. Martin Luther King, um, a lot a, a lot of his efforts led to the equal rights, and that's rights for everybody, for women, for handicapped, gay, and lesbians, yeah, for anything, you know. So so every, everybody relates, everybody benefits from the from this police reform, equal rights reform. So it's for everybody, you know. I I keep preaching it. Those dudes are preaching it. Like it's not a black thing, a them thing. It's us. It's we. We're all gotta be in this together because it benefits everybody. You know. Yeah, I just looked at the news uh, today when I got home. I guess the mayor of L.A. is gonna cut 150. Was it 100 or 150 million dollars on the? Police? 150 million dollars, man. That's a lot. Man. And he and the, it's cool because he said he, this is how. How a lot of people they get fed something the wrong information, and they run away with it. So he said he wants to take away 150 million dollars from the police funding, and yes. invest it in uh in, in black communities in the inner cities. And then so I I, I heard a spokesperson for the police union this morning, and, and here mm-hmm. we go with the unions. Remember I was telling you, and mm-hmm. the spokesperson said, "How can you take away money from us and give it to Black Lives Matter?" So you see how far off she was. Uh-huh. Like she was way far off the 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 topic, you know. Yeah. Because like like the the mayor said he's gonna invest it in the black community or in the inner city, and and that person thinks they're gonna give it to or, in the organization, you know. Yeah, man. When I saw that, that was like, dang, man, that's a lot of money. Then, uh, I guess I saw where Floyd Mayweather uh paid uh the funeral for the George Floyd's funeral. And uh, Kanye West donated two million dollars to his daughter's college fund. Oh, that's that's really cool, man. I know, but yeah, it, it's just 
I mean, what do you think because of this matter? Is it going to change forever? Even when your kids and my kids grow up, they're going to see everything different now right after because of this now. I just think as, as much as we lost as a country, we need to keep going until we get some laws passed where we hold police accountable for their crazy actions. You know, did you, uh, I'm going to post it, but every time I post it, they, they, uh, they flag it down where on TMZ, where they, they found a, a, a radio where in the New York police, they were saying like, what do you want us to do with the crowd? Just run over them, shoot them, do this, whatever. Like, and it's like, okay, like take this off air, delete this, whatever. So there's a lot of bad stuff. But those New York cops are very, very shady, man. You know, that union is really strong and they have a, like a large membership. Maybe the largest membership in the country. Uh-huh. So I think I think any organization, if they feel they're untouchable, they're gonna do goofy stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, man. What's that phrase? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. You give somebody the any, especially uh, there's a lot of policemen that shouldn't be policemen. They're, they're yes. like they're weak, insecure, or like their psychology is not fit to be a policeman. But they need a check. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people need to get paid, right? need to make yeah. a living but those are the guys yeah. that you should not give them absolute power over regular people you know you know what to be honest like when i was little man I, I i wanted to be in the military i wanted to be a cop but man it just sometimes in a way you know i mean when you hear joey joey coco diaz like back in the day either you're a good cop or you're a bad cop because if you're a good cop you were rock the streets you patrol on on foot and everything you would know the neighbors you would make friends, but now it's like being a cop is like you just got you got to watch your back. And both ways, uh, you know what? As a as a youth in East LA, yeah. I used to get roughed up by the police a lot because I, I lived in a block where we had like drug dealers, gangs, and everything. And uh-huh. all I, I mean, I I'm glad sports drew my attention away from everything because all I did was play sports as a youth. But every time I was in a different park, I think the police thought I was uh, selling stuff or delivering stuff. So uh-huh. I used to get roughed up often, and again, I, I didn't think much of it until I saw the the Ronnie King thing, and then all of a sudden, it hit me. Wait a minute, all that behavior is illegal? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Uh, that was. I was shocking because when I was little, when I saw that, I was telling my dad at the time, "Why are those cops beating it up? It looks like it's been beating it up for like ten to twenty <laughs> minutes, and, and with no handcuffs." Uh, yes, and uh, so that's just out of control behavior, man. I was, uh, hey man, one, uh, one thing I was talking with Chinook on on our last episode of No Father No Problem uh-huh. is that uh, my first year and a half of junior college, man, I took classes to be a, a fireman, you know, fire tech classes, emergency EMT, you know, and yes. uh, a lot, the consensus was that if you sign up to be a public servant, the public goes first. If you go into a burning uh, building, you are there to save people's lives not to save your own hide you know mm-hmm. so therefore the police should be the same way you know the public goes first they're public service to serve and protect you know yeah it's uh yeah that's yeah you're right because you you're under oath and you 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 made a promise you know yeah so uh, so all all, it, all all people are asking for accountability and police reform like they should be held accountable for their reckless behavior sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, I was uh, hearing, uh, they were saying like the, the four officers that got arrested in Minnesota, 
Now, I know the, the first one who, who was kneeling, uh, the person on the ground is getting a second-degree murder, but they're saying that the person out of those four who might get off free is the Asian guy because his alibi is saying he was telling him, hey, man, you got to roll him over. He kept on saying them a couple times, whatever, and he was a new he was a new kid, was a rookie or whatsoever, and uh, pretty much in a way they didn't listen because these were all experienced people, and he would just join in the force, whatever. But he was telling them, "Hey man, roll him over," you know, and everything. But I guess in a way, the, the other three cops didn't listen to him. Yes, uh, if, if that's the case, you know, you should get like a lighter penalty. You know, I, I don't know, I I have not read anything about that, but. Um... Mm-hmm. But they're all they're a team, man, and uh, they they should at least uh, hold each other back, you know. Yeah, I just kind of hope uh, um, from all this we learned, um, you know, about what they did. It was right there, and uh, I know to me, I'm gonna be honest, Frank, man. I just like I I I don't like going on my social media a lot because it's so like positive, but the other side is so negative, and it kind of just fucks with your mind. So it's like, you know what? I need a break. I need a break. Yes, and uh, that's what uh, this uh, all this uh, negativity going on in the country with uh, with the disease, layoffs, yeah. furloughs, and, yes. and all these riots, man. They they kind of tune you tuning you away from social media. Yeah, it's uh, I I mean I know Instagram, but when you go on Facebook, I don't know. I don't. I it was very very controversial, very graphic, very like, uh, just like I'm done. So I just want to clear my mind and just go for a walk or work or maybe do a podcast or this. But man, when you see so much negativity, it just, it really sickens me. Like people are so evil, man. How, how do they really back that up, man? Right. But, um, but a- again, uh, if the least of this, we just need police reform. Yes. Hold them more accountable and be able to charge the police with their crimes. That's all. Yeah. That's the least we should get out of this. If, and, until we get it, we should keep protesting, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, on a, on another side, you know, I'm doing. Uh, I started almost a year ago. Ventured into stand up comedy. Yes. And uh, this COVID thing again is is taking away the shows from everybody. Yeah. I'm kind of like grateful. I'm doing this as a side hustle and not my uh, like all in career. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the, the stand up committees that do that for a living, they're they're on a budget right now, man. You know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I feel it. Then it's like. But in a way, I know um, for everyone's it's it's hard times, you know, because they, you know, but uh, there's a couple of comedians here kind of like uh, touring, like the fighter and the kid or certain other um, other comedians. But I think in a way from this, if, if they're going to start opening up little by little, that in a way gives you more time to write your stuff down, what you're going to talk about that you got and you come up with new jokes and everything. Yes. Right. Just write, write and write. And mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm doing a, a Zoom show with uh, Alfred Robles on oh, yeah. on Father's Day, man. Sunday, uh, June twenty first, seven p.m. <laughs> okay, okay. I gotta tell you, Frank, when you're gonna do it on Zoom, are you gonna have a crowd or no crowd? I'm I'm gonna invite as many people as that wanna wedge into our lab, which is Chinook's Garage. You know where <laughs> that's where we record our podcast, right? Yes. So I'm gonna invite. To at least 10, 15 people, see if anybody shows up because I need a crowd to react, you know? Yeah. Good or bad, I'll take it. But uh, also on that show is going to be Frankie Quinones, man, the Cholo Fit guy. Oh, yeah, he's funny. And everybody's recording from their 
of wherever their comfort zone is, more than likely their homes. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm recording from, a, I mean, not recording, and he's filming or putting it on Zoom from, yeah. from the lab, bro, Chinook's house. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. If you guys invite me, I'll go. But if I watch it on my Zoom, because I know Father's Day, I'm going to watch it. So I'm going to take a, and uh, you know what time it starts? 7 p.m. 7 p.m.? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I got time. How, yeah, okay. I, I could do it. I could, I could watch it before work. Yeah, so everybody hit up Alpha Robles on Instagram or on a. On his uh, on his webpage, it's ten dollars to get your code and you log on and and check out the show, man. It should be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing to do. There's no comedy. You can watch it on Zoom and watch it on your laptop, your phone, your iPad. You know, on Zoom and all that. You just watch watch like some funny uh, Latinos uh, just <laughs> jokes and talking shit about the COVID. <laughs> I have a I have a set. Um, uh, I've done. A few, I did it at the Cura over there in the Paramount. Yes, and I'm just adding a few things at the beginning about, uh, say, marriage, <laughs> and then at the end about COVID because it it's just there, so you have to take a few shots at it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how many minutes are you gonna be doing? Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to do ten minutes, man. That's my goal, and uh, I have way more than that in material wise, but uh, yeah. just my main thing is, uh, like I said, uh, doing my comedy into a camera because mm-hmm. the crowd helps you out so much, bro. It's amazing. I mean, at least for me, because I'm I'm fairly new. Yeah. This June is gonna be a full year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell everyone when you start doing stand up, when you, when the person tells you, okay, you got ten minutes, every minute it feels like eternity, huh? Bro, the and when I started, they would tell me three minutes, man. And I remember, <laughs> hey, bro, the first time I went up, it was an open mic at the Synesthesia Boutique yes. over there in, in your side of town in Wilmington. Whitman. Yeah, I'm so grateful to them because I had an open mic, and that was my first open mic ever about a last, almost a year ago in June. Mm-hmm. So, bro, I went up there, and to me, it was like an eternity, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was touching up. It, it was like a, like when people have an intercourse as a teenager, you know? <laughs> yeah. You think you're there for an eternity, and then the, the you're in the second mode. <laughs> There you go. Know, it looks like, take your hands out of your bucket. Bro, I can't, I, I walked off the, the mic. And I and I whispered to uh, to Chinook, you know, my no father, no problem co-host. I go, bro, how was that? Like five, seven minutes? Chinook tells me 180 seconds, bro. Three minutes. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like you said, an eternity, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I would get so scared to do it, man. I was like, man, it's just like, I don't know. Because I remember one time uh, I went to La Brea to see George Perez uh, perform. And he had to do like 50 minutes. I'm like, Fuck. what? Yeah, 50, 45 or 50 minutes. Cause you know, if you go to La Brea, when you look at behind, behind, yes. it has a it has a time clock. Oh, okay. That's cool. And it tells you, like, okay, and he gave you a light, whatever. But like, man, 45 minutes. If, they, if Alfred told you, okay, Frank, you got 45 minutes, can you do it? I, yeah, you know, 45 minutes, it would be tough. But I got like, 40 minutes. You know what, man? I could do 45 minutes. If I had to do it, oh. I would do it because I have that much material. You hear that, Alpha Robles? Put them on. <laughs> put them on. Put them on. Put them on the fluffy tour. You know You know what the, the tough part is? Just yeah. having a joke to segue from one from one set to the other, you know? Mm-hmm. To me, like, I have so many notes. You see my notebooks. Oh, yeah. Everywhere I go, like, I see something and I just write, write a bunch of stuff down. So the only trick is... Yeah. 
writing a, a joke or a comment to connect or, or segue from from different topics to each other, you know? Now, for you doing, like, I know you're working, you're a family man and doing this. Every day, you just come up like, oh, my gosh, I have an idea for a joke. And you don't want to forget it. And you just get your notepad and write everything down before you lose it in your mind. Yes. And I, if I do not write it down, bro, I will not, I will not remember it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I was like that. I mean, I wanted I wanted to do stand-up, but I don't even know where I began. Because I know when, when you guys had Ralph and I had Ralph he broke everything down. This is what you do and this and this. And I'm like, Ralph, man, it's like, you can do it, Mega Man. I know you can just do, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, you got you to gotta try somehow. I think you can do it because you're comfortable uh, speaking to a crowd. Yeah, yeah. I just get nervous because... Uh, <laughs> You know, when I used to talk, you know, back in the day, you know, I used to get, I used to have, a, I used to have uh, an anxiety attacks. And, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, with me, Frank, I, it's hard for me to talk, so, you know, because of my stuttering problem, you know? Yes. And you know who can help you out with your, with your sets? Chinook. Oh, Chinook? Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's a good writer, man. He helps me out with my sets. Yeah. Especially because I try to make my sets like ready PG. And yeah. Chinook is always like, no, 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 that's too clean. Add some some dirty stuff here and he gives me, he changes it up for me. And, and so far everything we, we've done on stage has worked, man. I know, man. Like he looks like a writer. He's like a ghost writer, you know, and everything like don't know. Don't know. It's almost like that movie, funny people with, uh, <laughs> with Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler and uh, Seth Rogen. Yes. I, I've seen a uh, small pieces. I've not watched that movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Hey, have you watched that new movie with Adam Sandler? Like he's like he works at a jewelry place. Uh, nope. Un Uncut Stones oh, or something. Not... Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. Scale for one to ten, uh, Frank, it's like a fifteen. Oh, really? That good? It's good. It's like one of the best performances Adam Sandler ever done. He should have got Academy Award. He should got he should have got an Oscar. For I it. remember that like there was like a little campaign for him like to. To get a to either be nominated for an Oscar or get an Oscar, yeah. and every time they would show him, they would show him playing basketball. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he gets elbowed yeah. by Michael Irvin, I'm freaking. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, uh, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna watch it, man. And uh, I I did not watch the other one either. The one where the, the guy's a stand-up comedian. He writes from. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Funny people. Uh, though I saw I saw a dark movie about uh. A comedian and his uh is uh either I think it was his brother with Billy Crystal. It was called Mr. Saturday Night. Oh, I, hey, I heard people been talking about that. I heard that was a really good movie, but I haven't watched it. Yes, but all it is, it just turned dark because that guy loves his comedy so much, and mm -hmm. being on the road, you know, yeah. it, it kind of borderline destroys his family, you know, because uh he's ever home, you know. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, oh, you know, like it's. Man, I, I would just imagine if, like, you weren't married, didn't have kids, and doing stand-up, like, how, how would it feel, you know? Bro, it's, uh, uh, stand-up comedy is very addicting, bro, when, uh, um, I, I, uh, sometimes I was squeezing, like, two, three gigs during the week, like, yes. whether it's open mic, uh, a bar, and, bro, I wouldn't sleep a week, I'll sleep, like, an hour a day just to, to, I, I, I've never done a set the same way from previous show. So uh -huh. I would rewrite it, reword it. Sometimes it'll be sarcasm. Sometimes it'll be like, like a like a like a rant, or, uh -huh. or little punchlines. But I never done the same set exactly word for word. So I wouldn't sleep, bro, because it's so addicting, you know. 
Yeah. It, do you have them like the same mentality as me? Because they know, like you and I, we we work overnight. I don't know if you still work overnights, but yes, I do. when okay, when we work overnights, you're still working, but in the same time, you coming up with ideas. You coming up for the podcast or your sets for this. That's why I feel where I try to sleep in the day, but it's too hard because. I have so much stuff I want to do for the podcast and ideas and this or whatsoever where my, I can't, I can't stop my mind from stopping because I want to sleep. I want my mind to sleep. Have you ever had that before? Very. I had that often, bro. And it's like, it's a, it's such a high, but it takes away from your sleep and you need your sleep, you know? And you can't turn it off because once you're at it, you're at it, you know? Yes. Uh, and, and worse, if you have an idea, Mm-hmm. And you can't quite put it down into paper and you just brainstorming, brainstorming. And if it doesn't come out, you're not going to sleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like ever since, like I've been so busy doing behind the scenes on the podcast, like the technical stuff and getting everything ready. And, you know, like, you know, Chinook or Chris will kick back or helping me a little guidance here, like on the technical stuff. Cause I wanted to get all that stuff because I got all the new equipment and everything. So I want to make the podcast better where uh, the quality can sound really good for you and for everyone's to, everyone else, everyone else to hear. Yes, bro, and uh, and well, that's one thing I I gave you a lot of credit, man. You put in a lot of work, and and you're the one man team. Yeah, man. It's uh, I don't know what I just feel sometimes. You know, before we take a break, uh, I just feel like when you give me that in the earlier stages when you and Frank and when you and Chinook uh were doing the podcast and. You were saying that it gave me that hunger and, and Ramon, a lot of people see it. And I don't know what, from me going through a lot of hardship, Frank, and a lot of going through all the stuff in the past, I feel like I can't give up. If I feel like if I quit, if I give up, I give up on my kids. I give up on the podcasters. I give up on you. I give up on Chinook and everyone else. So I've always feel like I have a lot shit riding on me where I can't let people down, you know? That's true. And uh, I always tell a lot of people that aren't, our youth was so crazy and like challenging that, yes. that we're in the bonus round of our lives, bro. This is voluntary, you know, so we should work harder. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Cause we're like, I guess in a way you and I were so workaholic and so pushy. Like, come on, don't be a pussy. Oh, say- <laughs> <laughs> we're way up, bro. <laughs> I know. Sometimes in a way where if I see people taking a break, I'm going to take a break from the podcast. Stop being a pussy. Go do it. <laughs> you know, I just, for some reason, I just, like, I always want to push other podcasters, you know, like, you know, like, I always, like, I don't know, I just, that's just me, I just, I just want to, I just want to see them still do it still, I just don't want to see podcasters give up if they haven't put anything out, you know? That's true, hey, man, that, that's really cool the way you get around to a, a lot of the podcasts, and uh, you get, you'll give everybody, like, little tips and motivational stuff, man, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, the reason why I do that for Frankie is because, like, you know, in the earlier stages, you know, I'm not going to mention, but a lot of people back then, they're giving me bad advice and they're one, they're sabotaging me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want I don't I learn from that. And then, you know what, if you have other podcasters who are looking up to you guys or me or whatsoever, you want to give them good advice. You don't want to give them bad advice. You want to let them know, like, look, it, if you're going to get into the podcast game. Be ready. Be ready to put your life out there. Be ready for the technical stuff and be ready to have guests and have and, and interview different personalities and and to get your name out there to do other people's podcasts so you can have a you can build a friendship, you can build a bond, you can network, you can do whatever. That's it's we're all family, you know. 
That's true, and uh, and I think that's the main thing to everything in entertainment, comedy, stand-up comedy, and you know, podcasting, networking, bro. Yeah, man, that this is how it is, and uh, I just like the podcast. We're all like it's a family; it's all unity and stuff like that. And if it wasn't for uh, Geeko, you know, Alpha Robles for having uh, you know, you guys on the podcast when back when it was called You Don't Care Bro Podcast. Uh, I I would even never would never heard of you or met you guys and uh, you know that would have been it you know. Yes, uh, uh, um, you know Alfred man, he's a stand-up guy and he brought in uh, most of the guys from the, our old block on Townsend. <laughs> yeah. East LA and uh, and you know he, he, we went through some childhood stories. Yes. And then even uh, when I started doing comedy, I would always go to him for like cool questions. He and uh he and uh, there's oh, other other comedian guy uh, Carlos Loma, yes. I've I've leaned on him the most. Both of those guys, not only for mm-hmm. for tips and the the do's and don'ts, also yes. for spots. You know, both of them are giving me uh, spots in shows, man. And um, I, I'm very thankful to those guys. But uh, yes. you know what? Just like podcasting, the stand-up comedy um, community is very helpful, and I, I like how they just. They're very willing to help you out and and give you tips and the do's and don'ts about comedy, man. It's, it's I really love that, man. I know, yeah. I think it's good because uh, you know, like it's I don't you know a lot I think of like with the Mexican culture, like you don't say anything, you don't speak up, you just kinda shut up and just do what you're told and you know, whatever. But I feel like now like it's it's not crabs in a bucket anymore. It's like we're helping each other out. It's it's a different generation of uh, Mexicans is helping each other out now. Yes, and I, I love that. The other other comedians we had on um on our podcast, or other other podcasters yes. that we you know we we kind of like co coexist with. Uh, I, I try mm-hmm. to promote everybody's stuff as much as possible because uh, I feel like we're we kind of nudging each other forward. And yes. if, if not you, to make it to the next level, you want to shove everybody forward for everybody else to make it to the next level, you know? Yeah. And that's the that's best a, part about it, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. You know, like, you had some of my guests on your, like, you had Martin, you had uh, Tanya Estrada, like, uh, Juan Garcia. Super cool and, guys, man. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, man, no father's just popping up. And you see Kickback and Buda Cultura, then Chicano Shuffle is just, and, you know, dudes from L.A., I mean, everyone's all making a movement, you know? I love that, man. I love, like I said, I love uh, the community just uh, so so helpful. And and I think everybody has, like, an open line. If you have any questions, everybody helps, man. I exactly. love that, bro. I love that. It's so cool, you know? It's exactly. Anyone who needs help or anything, like, when we do the group chat on the podcast chats, where everyone's there for each other, you know? Like, uh, for example, like, uh, Eddie from Social Prime is like, hey man, I started the podcast. Anyone wants to do my podcast, said, bam, we're just gonna be there just to help them out, or this podcast, or this podcast. We're just gonna be there to uh, to help each other out. Yes, and uh, and I love how everybody just regular folks, man. Like, uh, you know, Martin, Tanya, all those guys when they did those shows at the at the Prime one again, uh, the the, 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 the Kura yeah. shows. Yeah, everybody would approach with any questions or anything. So helpful, man. So cool, man. I, yeah, I love man. that, man. I know. It's, it, it just, uh, that show, that's where it should be. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people are listening to uh, the, a lot of podcasts. And uh, I, I just want to do whatever I can when, uh, 
you know, when Ask the Fellas had the old picture of uh, Ask, you know, uh, you know, which Latino podcast to listen to when I want to have my own version, I wanted to spread out like, hey, everyone, if I have to keep on tagging, tagging everyone else, like, you know, I want everyone to listen. Like, you like mine? Check out No Father or this one or this one so it can spread out. So it can spread out like a wildfire over, over the United States, but all over the world. That's true, man. Let's do that till, till it hurts. <laughs> I know. So right now, I mean, I, just like I said, man, I love I love the enthusiasm. I feel more hunger. It's like, man, I, it, this was a perfect guest to have on because Frank gives me that motivation. It's like, man, I think I want to do four episodes today. Um, Did you give me that motivation, Frank? You always been. In, uh, in, hey, bro, I'm, I'm always uh, the annoying, overly positive guy in the room, you know? <laughs> I like that. I like that. He's annoying, but you know, down the road, he's like, oh, "Fucking Frank was right, man. Just fucking do it." I do. I I love how people are like do like do. Why are you smiling? Why is you happy? And no matter what the situation, I always give them like an uh, alternative to that. Uh huh. And most of the time, like I don't want to hear it, but you'll hear it like a month later. Okay, you were right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, like, I, yeah. I fixed it, you know, and you know, but I I don't. I, I'm not a. I'm. Uh, I, I told the dude of LA. I go. I'm not in the business of taking credit. I'm in the. I'm in the business of taking care of business. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You hear that? You hear that, guys? So right now, uh, we're gonna take a break right now because when we come back, uh, we're gonna get a little. I want to get to know Frank a little bit more where he grew up and what's he been up to and everything. And uh, and that's about it. Well, uh, we're right back, now, Frank Blanco from No Father No Problem on the podcast, and we took a. Frank, man, I am, everyone's been telling me, man, hey, get a little bit more deep with Frank. I, we want to know what he's all about. Oh, man. Sounds uh, <laughs> making me nervous, bro. What do you no, want to No, no, no. <laughs> no, Frank, I'm not going to make you nervous. We're going to keep it kind of a little PG and stuff like that because I, you know, what's up. But a lot of people don't a lot of people want to know where did you grow up at? Well, I grew up in East LA, but. A lot of my early years, I lived in Mexico, man. Oh, really? I always te- I kind of tease on uh, Chinook. I told him, I always tell him that he and I lived opposite lives, you know? Uh-huh. Because I was born here in the States. And uh, right after kindergarten, or maybe halfway into kindergarten, my my mother, you know, separated from my father. And then, uh, and she got together with his hardcore Mexican cat. He had his he had his dreams about the the ranch life. <laughs> yeah. So he took us down to Mexico, way down south in the Sinaloa, bro. So I had to learn Spanish on the fly down there for like, you know, for a few years, man. And uh, she looked my my co-host of the No Father No Problem uh, podcast. He was born in uh Ensenada, Baja. Yeah. And then uh, as a kid, he was brought over to the to the states. You know, <laughs> he migrated uh-huh. over here. So it's pretty funny that I tell them that we live opposite lives, you know? <laughs> yeah, so when you adjusting to over there to Sinaloa and all that, I, I I was hearing some of your episodes, and sometimes in a way, you would have to stick up for yourself, you know? Dude, it was pretty funny because uh, over there, I was a foreigner because I, I I spoke very little Spanish. So in the ranch where I lived at, it was, it was always like, hey, let's go. Let's go fight the American, you know, <laughs> or, or, or the pocho for that matter. If, if you're a, if you're a dude with a tan or, or Mexican descent, but 
I'm not Mexican. You're called a pocho for whatever reason. You know? <laughs> Damn, even, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it was. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool that I was illegal down there. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, how long did you stay over there? Uh, for about five years until until like uh, I came I came back to the states I, right at my tenth birthday. You know. Uh huh. Like just you and your mom just say, "Hey, we're taking off." Oh, I'm glad, bro, because uh, you know the. I'm glad my my mom didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't dig the ranch life <laughs> because it was all like you know horses. That that guy was really into racing race horses. Uh huh. So he he trained race horses and and I was like the you know when you're breaking a horse, you yeah. have you have to get it used to a saddle or people riding it. So I was a guy that was that was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he would just throw me on a wild horse. And and hang on till it gets comfortable, and you know they just toss you off a few times, you know, <laughs> just to break you in, to break it in, to break in the horse, you know. <laughs> Damn, man, <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. He was trying to look for that secretarius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, I mean he had a few studs, man, but but still, like the the ranch life. I'm glad my mom did not like it, and because we, you know, she said, you know, forget it, we're out, man, and and we came back to the states, man. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and once you did, you moved back to what East LA? Back to East LA, man. And uh, it was it was cool. And then I, I then I again I had to relearn English again. <laughs> yeah. And once you did, and because uh, like the stories that you and Chinook talk about, like man, you guys are just living the life over there in East LA. Oh man. Well, you know, as teenagers or young adults, man, it was uh, it was it was open <laughs> open season in East LA, man. It was just all parties, you know. I know, like I see the pictures that you guys posted, like, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you're like your young pictures and everything. I was like, man, you guys are just living it, man. And uh, and uh, it helped out that uh, I worked, I worked through high school. I mean, if I was not playing sports, like for the for my high school, I played uh, tennis and football. Uh huh. I was working on the side somewhere. Like I worked at the Pantages, the Greek Theater, and that's always oh, wow. tell you. And that's always telling you that uh, I've always worked around many races. So that's why after a while, this this protecting your your culture, I I didn't really feel like it like that because everybody borrows from each other's races, you know, and cultures and 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 you know the things you do, you know. Were let me say, let me say this. Um, we, are you like really really proud to be in East LA? East LA because the reason why you know me living in Wilmington or Long Beach and stuff, some people in a way. Let's say, for example, like this person was living in Wilmington and he moved out to a better place, but he doesn't want to go back to Wilmington. He, he wants to forget about it. But for a lot of you East East uh, East LAers, you guys represent that shit to the fullest. Oh, man. You know, I'm in a, and you kind of earn your stripes, you know. So, yes, I am very proud that I'm an East LA guy, but I'm also very proud and I tell a lot of young guys when I go eat out in East LA that I moved out because you, you want you want uh, every different kind of person to come out of East LA, you know? Yes. And I, I think that's good. Like, I know, like, with you, you guys live out way out there by Covina and all that, but you guys still come back to East LA to, you know, show love and, and don't forget where you came from, you know? Yes, even a lot of, uh, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of comedy in, uh, in that, that spot in uh, La Cura and East LA, 
Yes. I did, I did open mic once at an indie brewing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. That was I, really I, cool. <laughs> yeah, I DM you because I because they were having an open mic for indie, and that's when I, I DM uh, Chinook from No Father and let, and let you know about it and stuff. They were so cool, man. Every time I've been to that place, they're really mellow and really inviting, man. I love that place, man. Yeah, man. I just, whenever I see any openings for a comedy, I always think of you first. Yes, and uh, so that's why I always try to to rep East LA, Boyle Heights, but I also tell people, like, hey, uh, love it, but also be able to evolve, you know, evolve into wherever you're going to be, you know? Yeah, man. That, and that's good. Like, you have to evolve and, and get your name out there and stuff like that. And, and you know, to be honest, man, uh, Frank, I'm really proud of you because even though you live in another city, you still always represent East LA, you know? Thanks, man. And uh, uh, I think my 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 circle, my inner, like, my close circle, we were very yeah. fortunate that most of us, like, moved out and uh, a lot, most of my friends have careers. I'm kind of like the low life because a lot of my friends are teachers and all that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did not finish. I, I was one of those statistics guys that attended junior junior college for like four years and you know, never made it out man <laughs> yeah but you know what in a way it's like even though you moved out you still have your close friends like, like Nook, freddie uh kiko and stuff like that you know eddie robles julio like all those guys and stuff. so that's good that you guys are still close to each other and thanks man and it's very close knit and i and i think the the kind of the environment we grew in and you kind of appreciate your friends because you know, there was a lot of like crazy stuff going on all around us, and uh, yeah. hey man, one of these days, like I like I said, I'll have you over so you can meet. There's a, I have a lot more friends, and like I said, teachers, policemen, you name it, man, and and everybody lives all over the place. They almost out of East LA, but they they love it and and they wear that badge, you know. Yeah, man, and plus I'm gonna go to your 75 uh, degree pool too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she no goes throwing that at me, man. <laughs> I know, man. He's like, what temperature is it at? No. <laughs> because, you know, I'm like, like uh, uh, I want to, this comedy thing, I want I want to hustle as much as a person who does it full time. Uh-huh. So I always do that model, man. I tell you, look, I'm a starving comic, bro. And he goes, bro, the only reason you're starving is because you haven't had lunch. <laughs> 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 pretty much you know it's always busting my chops bro and i'm like no man you know what i, I need to get into that mentality yeah that i have to look for the next thing and, and that's why the zoom show it, no matter how uncomfortable i am with it this is where everybody's going for now uh-huh. and I, I have to keep working on the craft man and keep you know throwing myself out there <laughs> has Chinook has always been busting your balls since you guys were little he and i have been the same since we we're like 11 12 years old bro God damn! Come on, Chinook, let it go, bro. No, and uh, he's always been like the the party guy first, or the 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 chaser, you know, chasing tail. Yeah. And always been the jog, common sense. Like a lot of times, like, hey, let's not go into that block, you know. Oh. That, 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 I'm always the one that looking ahead, like, hey, that block has killers, <laughs> and they don't, and they don't like the fact that you took some of their women or you know something like that. Fucking so, I, I was always a law guy, like, hey, no, 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 we can't go into this bug right now. Right now it's a little hot over there. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I've always been the lookout, jock guy, and he should have been, like, looking for the next party when we're young, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> I bet you guys were partying hard over there at East, East Lowe's. Insane, bro. And we had a bachelor party. And, and, and like I said, everybody in the house worked. So uh-huh. we all had, like, 
fridge full of beer every day of the week. We always had a full house, you know. Damn, a bachelor's pad, man. Oh man, I miss those days. It was insane, but it's one of those things like you get out of your system. That's why uh-huh. now, like when people are like tell me about like clubs and like whatever, man. You know, when we're in our youth, we did a bunch of crazy stuff. Like we're done with that stuff, you know. I remember when I had Chinook on the podcast, we were talking about um, when we did the podcast. Remember we did the podcast, me, you, and Chinook, we did it behind the Sarah's Market? Yes. And uh, they are talking about there was a whole bunch of uh, Mexican bars around there, a lot of them. <laughs> around East LA, an insane amount. And uh, I remember at times, you know, like, hey, pick me up and you tell me the address. And are you kidding me? I mean, there was just bars and places where I would never think of looking, you know? <laughs> Damn. So I would just catch up to him and pick him up at different bars because he, he always seemed to want to get the feel for every different place, you know? Yeah, man. You guys are, like, living it, man. I mean, East, I mean, I'll be honest, man. There's times I go to East LA a lot, you know, for because you guys have a lot of spots over there. But I still, to me, I haven't even scratched the surface. There's a lot of good mom and pop places to go eat at. Dude, a lot, man. But uh, it's one of the, uh, once I once I really got uh, older, that those pounds jump on you, bro. <laughs> yes, trust me, I know. <laughs> so, I, so after that, I, it, eating out is it's more like a weekend thing now. But there's a lot of mom and pop places. But just you know, <laughs> buyer beware, bro. If you abuse those places, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good food. There's a, God, there's a lot of good food places, but, you know, but also with uh, uh, Mr. Menudo. Have you been going to Mr. Menudo a lot? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, my God. He's still, he's still the best. He's still the best. He is, man. Uh, I have Menudo at many places, and I always tell him, man, the best Menudo I've ever had. And I go, and I, I might like to my mom and tell her her Menudo is better, but. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll edit this out. Uh, no, I, I, my mom's cool, man. She could take it, you know. <laughs> yeah. She just but, smacked uh, the hell out of me, but she'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But that's kind of good, like, you know, like, representing East L.A. and everything and all that stuff. Um, I want to know is this, like, I know, like, how did you get this discipline and this determination to, like, you know, like, I know what your where your father wasn't there in the picture, but your mom was being the mo- the, the father and the mom. How did you get this discipline determination to like go get it? Well, I just think I as a as a young kid or maybe teenager, I was already like the like the adult, you know. I was uh, the oldest of my siblings and the oldest from all my cousins. So it was always the, they would always tell me like, "Hey, you're the oldest, keep an eye out. You're the oldest, you manage these guys while, you know, while we work or make sure everybody does their homework." Go, uh, you know, like in middle school, I would, uh, I was always taking two buses to go pay all the bills, you know, like that kind of stuff. I was already like an adult, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something, you know. And also, I want to talk about like you always talk about like anything is possible as as long as a per a people are willing to sacrifice sleep time and sometimes family time. What did you mean by that? Like you have to sacrifice a lot of things to get to work to, to uh, fulfill your goals. Yes, uh, uh, we always talk about like um, when I, you know, when I when I try to get people to listen to the no no father no problem. Yes, those those tell me, man, that sounds kind of sappy. I go, no, no, it's the exact opposite, because we always tell people like, no matter where you've been in life or what have you been through, 
everything from now on is up to you, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, and your goals, man, there's no date on your goals. There's no age limit. So as long as you're willing to sacrifice sleep, comfort, and and at times, I mean, there's been times where, like, I had opportunities to do a show and, uh, you know, I want to hang out with the fam. But I tell, I tell my wife, you know what, this is an opportunity to – to to meet new uh, other comics and get to know promoters, so I had to like leave the pack when I, I wanted to stick around and uh, just to put my, my myself in uh, in situations you know with comedy you know. Yeah, um, well, as long as if your wife supports you, it's all good. Oh yeah, she's super cool with it. She really like um, uh, she it's one of those things where like she's every time uh, I take the next step, she's like shocked man because uh. It's I me mean, right now. It, it, up until this COVID thing hit, everything was just snowballing from one event to the next to the next. You know. Yes. And uh, and the the comedy is it's it's such a it's such a high man. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. That's just something where when a lot of when I heard like a maybe some some comedians are going on the tour, but sometimes in a way it's kind of hard. But like you just. You gotta do what you gotta do to to get your name out there, you know. Yes, and and I'm I'm kind of fortunate that even though I am older, I I am coming from a little bit of comfort, you know. Yes. Like the hardcore comedians, uh, all their money or income comes from comedy, and me, you know, I have a like a like a comfortable job, you know. Yeah, man. See, that's see, that's the thing, you know, like. Uh... You know, you thank God you and I were essential workers and we still have a job still. And, uh, you know, and I know like, you know, what, like if you're a comedian, what would you do if you have if you're just only doing com- comedy shows and and there's no income then Like, that's a little stressful, you know, I can only imagine, bro. But on the other side, when uh, during the last summer in the fall, when when I was getting a lot of small gigs back to back, I would go there. I would go this where I would only sleep an hour, two hours. And just keep it moving, man. You know, move on to work. You know, get out, shower. You know, kids baseball. Go to a show. So, I man, it goes both ways. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. I I I get it because I was the same way. I would work, spend time with my kids, do a podcast, three or four. It just really depends. Come home, spend time, and go to sleep and go to work. You know, I get it. Yes, and uh, so that's that's it, man. Now, uh, anybody. Whatever you thought you wanted to do, I mean, there's still time, you know. It just, you got to set time apart. You got to be smarter with your money because you can't just blow your money on anything. And mm-hmm. go get it, guys. You know, like, life is out there waiting for you to challenge yourself. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. noticed, I, I posted a quote about, uh, oh, man, I can't even. I put it on, uh, on, the, on, uh, on our Instagram about uh, enjoy your journey to fulfilling your 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 full potential, you know? Yes. And and it's a journey and it's a struggle, but every time you get to an, a next little level, it's an amazing feeling that you knew you had that in you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's an amazing feeling. Like, uh, like, I mean, at least for me, say there was days where like, uh, like I would work an insane amount, take the kids to baseball, softball, Go to a show and kick butt in the show, and I'm like, I can't believe I just pulled out 23 hours of stuff, you know. And yeah. it all and it all worked, it all landed into place. And I mean, amazing. Those days are like natural high days, you know. Like, 
insane, you know? Dang, dude. That's just crazy. Like, you just, we just have to make a lot of sacrifices to fulfill our dreams and our destiny, you know? And and uh, and once a bug hits you, like say once you go all into your your goals, your people start noticing that they need less sleep because your mind is so excited, your heart, your soul is so invested into what you want to do. Yes. Like energy just comes out of nowhere, man. It's, just, it's such a rush, you know. That's what I feel. That's that. That's you know you you hit you hit the needle in the haystack because that's what I feel. It's like. There's times where I can't sleep because I'm thinking about so much about the podcast and this or whatsoever. That's where sometimes in a way it's like, why am I getting sleepy or exhausted? Because I'm over here up all night trying to figure out how to take the podcast to the next level. It's such a rush, man, and 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 a gift, you know. I mean, people uh, are the only people that I have a few friends that they see it as a curse because they come from comfort. And their main goal in life is to be comfortable. And even though I always tell them, like, bro, if you have potential to do more, but you choose to be comfortable and stay home and watch TV, I'm like, you're you're wasting yourself, you know. But uh, but in to each their own, you know. I can only tell them so many times to like to get off the couch, you know. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I remember when I had Jessica, Jessica Rosales on, and she was telling me like, hard work beats talent when talent's not working. That to me is like, that's, I always think about that. You know, when town's sleeping, I'm over here working like, yes. like, like nonstop to get better and better and better. I believe it, bro. I, and I lived it, you know, because, uh, again, in, in high school, I played football and tennis. And when I, sports is my, my addiction besides all these other stuff. And, uh, a lot of guys are way bigger, way stronger, way faster. They will slack and I would just work watch video, work out on certain uh, plays, and when I, when it got time to game time, yes. they, they would mess up, and I, I would make the play, so therefore, I started over them, you know? Yeah. That's... I, yeah, I get it. That's I, the kind I, of I, stuff. Just like you said, Mega Man, uh, when talent's not hustling, man, you cannot work them and get ahead, you know? Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, I totally get it, because I know with you, you have a full-time job, you have a family, you are doing the podcast with No Father, No Problem with Chinook and, and also you're doing comedy. So you're trying to juggle, you're trying to balance everything out to to fulfill your dream one way or the other. Yes, and uh, and I I couldn't ask for anything else, man. I love the rush, man. I love the rush. It's uh to me I love the how it seems like an an impossible journey, but it's becoming possible as you go. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, the, yes. The, pin, the pinnacle, everybody, a lot of people I talk to, they're like, why are you even trying it? It's impossible. But you keep getting a little grains of sand, uh, signs that you're on your way, bro, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you just, I mean, I know you're doing it a little later, but you're, I have to I have to give you credit when credit's due. You're doing it. You're getting your name out there and you're being a comedian and also, you know, you're doing a podcast, you know? Thank you, man. But uh, it's all it's all passion. It's something I always wanted to do. Hey, man, you know what? The the last show at the at the Cura in Boyle Heights, the Paramount. Yes. One of my old neighbors from my old block was there, and she told me, you know what? My parents and I, when we heard you were doing a show here, we thought, man, it took him this long, but we knew he was gonna do it. <laughs> you know, like crazy. <laughs> I mean, I was. 
that was such a high for me for her to tell me, like, hey, thank you, you know? I couldn't believe she told me that. Like, it was awesome, you know? That's good. I mean, that's good. Like, a lot of your neighbors, a lot of your friends from East Coast are coming to see you and stuff like that, representing. And, and you know, like, you're going to keep – I know you're going to keep on doing more. But I was going to say I – was, I was reflecting back right now. We were talking about – I remember when I first met – when I first heard you and first met you – um, with you and Chinook is when Alpha Robles was do, was doing his old podcast called uh, You Don't Care Bro Podcast. And um, when he did the episode, when he brought you and, and Chinook and everything, I was like, man, this episode's really, really funny. And uh, I guess in a way, the con- I was listening to it, but like three or four times when I heard the episode with you guys, then when you guys started doing the No Father, No Problem podcast, that was like a while back, like two years ago. And I started binging hearing all your episodes, and it got really, really good. And um, and ever since then, you know, you guys are just keep on going, and uh, you you and Chinook blossom. You know, you have your moments here and there, your you know stuff here in the podcast. But now that your podcast is really, really a high recommendation for other other Latino podcasts, you guys are you guys have a very underrated fucking podcast. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, bro. But uh. It's all, I think it's all the learning curve. And I think it's all, I, I like how not only the comedians from the stand up in the podcast, I like how we all give each other little, little tips or, you know, we, we kind of like nudge each other forward, man. And, yeah. and, and that's another thing that's happening, man. Like, we really like have like a little support system here going. And, uh-huh. and, uh, and we're nudging each other forward, man. Like, you know, whatever it takes, you know. Yeah, your podcast is getting it's getting up there in the numbers and on Instagram. I mean, everyone there's I mean, everyone talks about your podcast. So I mean, even if I have to do other people's podcasts and so what if you tell me, hey man, what, what other podcasts you listen to, I'm always gonna bring up your podcast. Hey Megan, you know what was one cool thing, man, that when we still hang out in the the back of the basketball pad, we had a garage and you know, we had our basketball court. We always working on I, I used to work on Mustangs in those days. Uh-huh. I had a, I owned 366 Mustangs in those days. Damn. And then, uh, so, uh, Alfred Robles, Kiko, Chinook, and I, a lot of times, we hang out back there, you know, have a beer, work on cars, and just talk trash to each other, jokes. So, it's funny to think about in those days, in our teenage years, and, and now, like, you know, Alfred Robles, like, uh, travels the world doing comedy, Chinook and I doing podcasts, and Chinook, he helped me write my comedy, so... I thought, you know, dude, you're a writer, man, because uh, a lot of the, my sets I do, he helps me finish them off because, you know, most of my stuff is rated PG, you know? <laughs> yeah. They come and pitch the Belvedere, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised Chinook is not a freaking comedian himself. He should be, man, because he has a lot of wit, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, he doesn't want to, but he's a great writer, so I'll take that, man, you know? So he ha- <laughs> I was, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about that movie with... Uh, with Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen were, I guess, a comedian who was a writer was writing stuff for Adam Sandler, that movie, uh, Funny People. Oh, I haven't seen it, but there's an older version called um, Mr. Saturday Night. i never seen that. With Billy Crystal and some other guy. They're the same way where Billy Crystal and I think it's his brother. They, they travel through com- stand-up comedy most of their life. Yes. And the brother helps him write, and Billy Crystal's the one that goes uh, and hits the stages, you know? Oh. But it's uh, but the only thing that about that movie, it gets sad at the end, you know? 
because yeah, uh, you know, like uh, you know, like I don't know if you heard most comedian guys, they say it's really difficult to hold a family and really live the comedy life. Yeah. So his family ended up getting a little messed up, and you know, his relationship with his brother got messed up because you know all he wanted to do was comedy, you know, travel. Damn, man, that's just something where it's <laughs> that's a that's a struggle. That's a, and and also that's the juggle of. Like juggling with stand up and family, you know. Yes, and it's a double edged sword, but uh, and you know, uh, and for me, I always say uh, I'll worry about that road when if I ever get there. <laughs> do you do you ever think about like your legacy when you're not here on earth? Like, how would you want your kids to remember you as? How would you want everyone to remember you as? Well, I always tell people, I want them to know that I took my shot, you know, that's pretty yes. much it. I told my kids, when my kids, they're already little comedians, right? So I always tell them, anything you want to do in life. Oh, actually, you know what? It's one of my mother's uh, sayings growing up. My mother used to tell me, anything you want to do in life is very easy. It just takes a lot of hard work. (laughs) Yeah. Get it? Because uh, we're we're, we're trained to be uh, blue-collar workers pretty much. Uh So work is second nature to us. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it just takes a grind, man, and just got to go get it, man. Yeah, you got to go get it. You know, it's not going to be served on a platter. Yeah. You got to go get it. Yeah, so yeah. so everybody, take your shot, man. And um, it's one of those things where, like, uh, no regrets, you know. You you never have that what if thing, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, we got I got two more questions, then we're going to uh, log off. Uh, what's the future for the No Father, No Problem podcast now? Uh, actually, you know what, man? Uh, well, well the, the stand-up comedy thing, we wanted to grow with it. But, you know, stand-up comedy right now is at a, a little halt because of the, you can't have public gatherings. Yes. But uh, as far as us, we have uh, similar goals like, like yours. You know, we want to start putting it on YouTube. And uh, I want, I'm hoping uh, we could, uh, I, I, wanna, I want us all to get like a, like a common place. Yes. To share, man, and, and get some really high tech stuff. I know, uh, I know one comedian. He does a, a a YouTube channel, and he gave me like a price range for for his equipment. He has like nice, like a nice setup. His recordings on YouTube are crystal clear and everything. Uh-huh. And and I could afford that, but we still have to get a place, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. What Julio Trejo was saying about you got to get a home base. Yes, yeah, my garage man is my wife's gym, so my garage is out of the question. <laughs> Maybe Chinooks, maybe Chinooks, maybe Chinooks garage. Uh, yeah, uh, I just think um, we're going to have to have somebody move somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And uh, But uh, I think it's very doable, and, and that'll make it easier. I think it'll it'll take, if not everybody, to the, like, a, a little step forward, you know? You know, I was kind of thinking about, because I remember there's a lot of episodes when we, you and I, Sergio, Julio, we all get to get Chinook and everything. I think when Chinook was talking about, if you look back on the episodes, that what happens if we all just save up money and we just get a studio for us and we just take turns, like, you know, like, I'll do this on this day, you guys do on this day and this or whatsoever, you know? That is, and and it's very doable, and I'm in, man, you know? I'm in, As far as the equipment, that that could be purchased, but all we got to do is just everybody come into a... like a, you know, an agreement of where because that should be somewhere like where it's accessible to everybody, like close to equal distance. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm to be honest, I'm kind of thinking of because 
maybe somewhere in Santa Fe Springs or Whittier because there's a lot of commercial buildings. So that kind of fits with everything like Julio Nislos, you guys in Covina. I mean, Sergio, maybe in uh, what Hawthorne and me in Long Beach. Yes. Uh, and uh, with, um, let me see the, what are those guys? The Chicano Shuffle guys. Yes. They record somewhere in um, Santa Fe Springs or somewhere yeah. in the area. Yeah, I've been over there. Yeah, I know where it's at. And we spoke to the the guy who rents them the the spot. Oh yeah, Mario Lopez. Mario. Mario. And I, uh, you know, he has more space, but that's way off to the east from us, you know. <laughs> but it's it's a space, you know. If you want to rent it out, yes. you know, whatever. So you know? so maybe I mean, if we have to, we'll we'll be neighbors with the Ch- Chicano Shuffle guys, you know. <laughs> you never you never know. You never know. <laughs> I mean, it's always something. It's always opportunity. There's, there's always something out there. And it's always no, and, and it's always good to be around uh, people that are doing similar things to you because you can always learn from each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're, we got. I got one last question. Like for all the listeners who are gonna hear this episode, do you have any uh, any like quotes or anything for people, you know, trying to get into the comedy scene or if not, maybe in the podcast world? No, well, the only thing I, I would say is uh, if you want to do it, do it. Because uh, I've been told by uh, so many people like that I, you can't even count. Like, why are you wasting your time? Why anything? And But, uh, again, uh, you're, you're only proving stuff to yourself, and you're your own critic. So, therefore, you want to do something, just go do it. Because, ultimately, when you're... When the you know when the when the lights turn off on you, yes. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna judge yourself the worst, you know, if you didn't do things you wanted to do, you know. Yes, yes. So yes, that, yes. so that's what I'm gonna say. Like, if you want to do something, get to it. You don't have you don't have to go all in from the get go. Just start start taking your steps towards where you go. You know, like planning your finances, planning. Like for me, I started writing material. You know, I just started writing. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately got to the point where, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Julio said, "Hey, man, just do it." And sure enough, I just jumped in, and so far so good. You know, I'm thankful for that. But, but again, like, I, you know, I couldn't jump in uh, all in from the get go, so I just started writing. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So your goal is there. Just go get it. You know, like, uh, there's the there's no uh, another thing. Uh, there's no uh, 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 like a financial number on success. Because you're your own judge, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just want to say, dude, I'm just, I just want to say, Frank, I'm proud of you that you're just, you're doing it, man. You're not talking about it. You're being about it. And uh, work at, uh, do you have any upcoming uh, stuff we could, we want to, you want to uh, talk about or anything like uh, up, up, upcoming uh, comedy shows? Oh, well, don't, don't, for right now, I have a Zoom show with Alfred Robles. And Frankie Quinones, also known as the Cholo Fit Gang, I'm uh-huh. I'm dog sitting here. <laughs> my wife, my wife calls a dog our grand dog. <laughs> my son's dog. <laughs> so, uh, hey man, uh, so the the show is on Father's Day, 7 p.m. You know, June uh-huh. 21st. And uh, to to buy a pass, it's a ten dollar pass to watch it through Zoom. You gotta go through Alpha Robles's. Uh, Social media, uh, social media page or Instagram, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna be the opening act, uh, act comedian, and then there's uh, Frankie Quinones and Alfred Robles. It should be a great show, guys. So that's gonna Hell be yeah. my next gig, bro. Hell yeah, 
June 21st, $10. Gotta go to Geeko Alpha Robles' page to watch Frank on Zoom doing comedy, man, with Tolo Fit and Alpha Robles. We're, um, we're bringing the pain, bro. <laughs> we're bringing the pain. And this is for Father's Day, so mothers, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can everyone follow you at? Oh, everybody, you guys can follow me at uh, at the No Father No Problem Instagram page. And uh, I have one uh, under Blanquillos, but that's kind of a, mine's kind of bland because all I do is uh, post messages and motivational mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of people, uh, they really don't like motivational stuff on a daily basis, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of noticed that. So follow, someone, yes. <laughs> hey, someone, someone, someone DM me and say, hey, Mega Man, fuck your quotes. Exactly. I don't know why, but so therefore, <laughs> just follow the No Father, No Problem on Instagram. Because uh-huh. Chinook and I handle it. So, you know, Chinook and I are the two sides of everything, you know? I love it. I love uh, I love your page. You always bring up, every time you do a podcast, you bring up those certain topics of pictures that you talked about on the episode. Yeah, just to just to draw you in. And and once you listen, you're going to say, that's what they meant by that, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, well, Frank, they, thank you for doing the Mega Mass podcast. I really really enjoyed this and I, I really wanted to have you on for a minute and I know the timing and the COVID and everything but as long as we, we made it happen man I, I'm, I'm just glad that I got you on I was a little jealous when you did uh, Sergio's from Deuce Familia's podcast first oh man he, all it is uh, he's, he's down the street from my, my, my old job because I changed, uh, I changed uh, offices uh-huh. but um, before I worked on my, at the Vernon office and where he has his studios in Boyle Heights, East LA area. Yeah. So I just took a short drive through Soto and I was there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and do you have any shout outs before we log off? Well, you know, the usual guys, man, you know, the dude from LA, Julio Trejo, thank you for your nudge, man. And oh, that dude always has a great business sense. The mega yeah. man, the hardest working man in the podcast games. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, man, you know what, though? On, uh, well, Chinook, my co-host of No Father, No Problem, mm-hmm. he and I, man, we've been clashing heads since we were kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, and the, the last two, man, uh, uh, Alfred Robles and Carlos mm-hmm. Loma, you know, those two comedian guys, are, they're pretty much the guys that lean down the most uh-huh. for, like, uh, information, for everything, you know? And, and both of them, no matter what time I, I, you know, hit them up with questions, they were, uh-huh. they were always cool and humble enough to, like, to help a brother out, man. So big up to those guys, man. I appreciate those two dudes, man. That's awesome, Frank, man. I really, I just, I just like what you're doing and I hope you reach your goals in life and in everything and the podcast and the comedy, man. And, and it's, I just want to say before we log off, man, you have my uh, 100% support, uh, Frank. Thanks, Mega Man. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, we're brothers at arms, man. We're all out hustlers, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, everyone, please subscribe to the Mega Man's podcast or the No Father, no, Fro- no, no Father, No Problem podcast to make the podcast better on Rate and Review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find both our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, Pocket Cast, uh, just et cetera, all the podcasts all around. You can reach us on all the platforms and everything. Once again, Frank, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, and we're out. Peace, bro. All right. Later, guys. (laughs) Late. Peace.